What up, everybody? It's The Well-Spoken Token, and you're listening to The Well-Spoken Token Podcast. Here on the show, we talk about everything on the black nerd spectrum, like anime, comics, movies, and trading card games, all through the lens of a backwoods black boy from East Texas. I'm a 28-year-old college dropout with a lot of life experience, and hopefully you get some sort of enjoyment from my perspective. Make sure you check out our socials and tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. This is The Well-Spoken Token, and I'm out. What up, everybody? It's The Well-Spoken Token. Welcome to another episode of The Well-Spoken Token Podcast. Guys, I am so happy and excited to be here with you today. Blessed and highly favored, even. You know, today was not promised. That's what they say in the churches, you know, every day ain't promised. You might not see tomorrow. So love and live every day that you possibly can as if it was your last. Like Tim McGraw had a song or some shit like live like you were dying. My mom was very obsessed with that motherfucker. We listened to it a lot. She liked country music. I'm not a huge fan, but what I will say today is that I'm very thankful to be here with all of you guys. Whether you're just waking up, whether you're on the commute to work, or if you you're just chilling at the crib in your boxes, just chilling back with some snacks, yo. I'm just happy to have you here with me. Thank you so much again. It's the well-spoken token. So guys, this is the podcast I'd have to say that almost didn't motherfucking happen, yo. I have been through a real fucking shit fest this morning. I mean, to say it was a shit fest was maybe a bit of exaggeration, hell. We woke up this morning and, uh, well, you know, we looked around and we figured out that the motherfucking lights was off in the crib. My girl woke me up and she was like, baby, then cut the lights off. I was like, oh, shit. Now, at first I was like, well, dude, you sure it's not an outage or something? She's like, I checked, you know? And I was like, damn, maybe the weather. She's like, it's bright and sunny outside. I was like, fuck. So I knew exactly what time it was. That sinking fit, that sinking pit feeling, you know, you get when you're like, damn, I'm that far behind these niggas. And then actually cut the shit off. They didn't sent the notice. They didn't sent the disconnect notice. But they really cut that motherfucker off. And I don't know if you ever had that experience when you wake up and it's hot as fuck in your house and everything is dark and shit. And your loved one's there in your arms crying like, what are we going to do? I'm like, ah, oh, shit. And then you realize that the responsibility of what are we going to do? Like, send me falls on you and you're like shit shit i gotta do, i gotta do something guys i want everybody to know i'm I'm currently unemployed so you know doing covid and different shit and laziness and different shit and wanting to pursue my dreams and try to fucking make this thing as big as i possibly can I, i've devoted a lot of time not nearly as much as i probably should have into trying to make this my main profession you know because i've told you guys many a times i don't want to work a, a regular fucking job uh, but this morning was a, a huge fucking kick in the ass because like I knew that I was going to be able to turn the lights back on. We got them back on. Obviously, I'm here talking to you guys. But man, when I like woke up and realized, oh, fuck, you know, I, I we're out of fucking bread. And so I don't know. It made me hungry. It dug deep inside my body and was just like, remember when you were young and shit <laughs> and you had to like what it felt like. Right. To know that 
you know, e- even if you, I wasn't privy to all of the bill issues and things like that, I wasn't reading the bills and shit with my parents, but I could tell the temperature in the home uh, whenever things were getting to the like to the wire, if you will. But because wire electricity, paying bills, uh, you know, you wire money, whatever, nigga, jokes and shit. But, uh, you know, that that feeling in the house like that creeps in as shit gets like tighter and tighter. You know, you go from eating, you know, uh, fucking Salisbury steak and goddamn me like full fried chicken that you eating like one pot wonder meals and hamburger helper and shit and suddenly everybody's like a little more crabby <laughs> and like pops isn't like you know, your parents aren't coming home as often because they got to work overtime to try to catch up and shit but even when you're trying to catch up you still find yourself like slipping in the cracks so you still like that that little lapse you know that little week time frame you're like damn is my paycheck gonna hit before these motherfuckers cut this shit off a lot of us, if not most of us, have probably already been through something very similar. And if you haven't, ask your parents about it, because if you haven't, it's a, a beautiful time in your life. And not to say you haven't been in any struggles, but that's an awesome thing to have never had to experience that shit. I, I've had to go through this in the past, as I mentioned, when I was younger, probably my fun, like one time that I definitely remember, which was probably the best time that we've ever had uh, with no lights and no electricity. When I was, I think my my father had just gotten ready to remarry. So we were just getting used to having like an extended family. I have two stepbrothers. They're fucking awesome people. I'm going to reverse their names, but I'm going to say them here. Uh, he's not. And he, those are my niggas, man. They're, they're my, they're like my blood brothers. I don't even really like try to differentiate between like step and anything like that. Them niggas are really like my, my, my real blood brothers. Like I love them. So we were just getting to know them, you know, within the first year of time, but we were all hitting it off pretty well because we're, we're a stair step family. You know, I'm the oldest. And then, uh, my stepbrother, he, he is like one year younger than me. And then under him is uh, Virgil and he's one and then his brother, our other brother's one year younger than him. So we just all have like birthdays just kind of stacked up like right up after each other so we never were too far away in age so the night that the lights got cut off at my pop's crib right and it wasn't even on some shit like where we were just super duper destitute it was literally just like the cracks i was talking about earlier it was like a lapsed week it was really late in the evening when they cut it off so it wasn't like you could just call anybody at the time and this is like 2009 2010 so we were i mean it had to be like 2009 because i was still pretty young so I had to be like 13, 14 years old. So I'm ringleading this shit because as soon as the lights go off, like it's it's at least 8.30, 9-ish. So hell, our parents, they dipped off to the bedroom. They were like, fuck it, we're just going to go to sleep and we'll handle this shit in the morning. But meanwhile, us kids were like, shit, it's hot in the room. We don't want to sleep anyway. We didn't have a bedtime, which was probably the littest thing about being at Pop's house. It was just like, hey, look, as long as you're up in time to fucking handle your responsibilities, bitch, you are good to go. So we stay up all night. So we're like, fuck, what are we going to do? So we just start lighting candles and making shit. We get all of our brothers. So it's like six of us in there because it's me, my two blood brothers, my two step brothers, and then their half brother. And so we are deep in there, just six little boys just trying to figure out what the fuck we're going to do. So we said, fuck it. We all stripped down our little underwear and shit. We sat in the living room playing cards and we just tried to make it fun. You know, it, it was a situation where it's like, damn, this sucks. It's hot as shit. We couldn't sleep. 
So we said, you know, fuck it. We'll make it a, an adventure. And that's what we did for the kids. I always wondered. Uh, I never got a chance to ask my baby brother or their half brother uh, who were, at the time were exceptionally young. I'm talking like, you know, six or seven. Uh, and, and I never got a chance to ask them little motherfuckers how they felt about that situation. But all the times I've ever talked to them, like in a group uh, about it, they're like, yeah, this shit was great, man. Because that same night, besides playing cards and stuff, we all set up and talked like we had like genuine conversations. Uh, we I learned so much about my stepbrothers that night. Uh, and then we uh, decided to go outside and jump on the like not jump on the roof, but climb up on top of the roof because it was way cooler up on top of the roof. Not just like as cool as in like how dope it was to look out there. But I mean, it was literally uh, cooler outside, like temperature wise uh, than it was inside. So we climbed up on top of the roof and we're up on the roof, just kind of like chilling and bullshitting, talking about fucking Naruto and Bleach and just all the anime. Because that year I was consuming a fuck ton of anime. I had some people around and the internet was like prevalent right there nobody was kicking me off of that motherfucker so i was having a blast doing that shit and i was able to share all of these like awesome stories and memories with my brothers because they were all going through the same shit they were experiencing it at the same time that i was you know and so you know when you get when you're young and shit and you have those moments where you just you know, just fucking chilling and having a fucking blast, man. And then something crazy happens. Well, that, that that's exactly what happened that night. Because as we were up there, you know, five, you know, you know, excuse me, six little black boys just up on the roof, kind of like, you know, semi. No, we're not super loud, but obviously it was going to be a problem eventually. Uh, the motherfucking, I guess somebody was driving by because we live right off a of main road. And somebody called the motherfucking cops. So we're chilling, having a great ass time. And then, like, we look up the road because, again, you can see, you know, pretty far down the road either way because uh, there's only you know this one road hanging out by the house there's no extra traffic and shit so if a cop is coming and they got their lights on and shit or flashing a spot you can see them for at least two or three blocks up the road before they get to wherever they're going so immediately like as we see lights coming up the road we're like, oh shit. So I'm looking at my brother and when they're looking at like, we're all looking at them. Like the four oldest are like, whoa, shit, we better get off the roof. So we, we all like, oh fuck it. We jump off the roof and we're like, well, we better like not hide. So we're going to say like, we're, we're, we got to say something. What are we going <laughs> to say? Uh, and, and our dumbass, my dumbass 14 year old brain, right? When the cop pulls up and he's spotting us and stuff, the little kids is like, have now run like inside. <laughs> Cause they're like, fuck this. I was like, yeah, get, get, get y'all little asses inside before we get in some major trouble. Cop pulls up and, uh, lights are flashing spotlight going. And he's like, what's going on out here? I heard there was some fighting. I was like, no, sir. We're just out here playing hide and seek. Uh, it's just real dark. He's like, well, you know, son, you know, it's like fucking midnight, right? I'm like, yeah, we, we do, you know, everything's fine. Our parents are inside. He's like, well, we need to check. Do you actually live in the residence and shit? And, of course, this could have been a fucking horror story. And, and that's exactly why our parents beat our asses the next day, because, you know, our brains not didn't have the hindsight to think that maybe just maybe this could have turned like full sour for some young boys, especially young black boys, just being out and about. And somebody said someone was fighting and shit. Someone like a, a cop or a police officer, if the wrong one pulled up obviously could have had us dead to rights it didn't matter how old we were shit but at the time you know we didn't grasp that shit how how big the situation was and so when the cop has to go and ask me to go get my pops up out of his sleep it's midnight he went to bed at eight (laughs) so shit knowing the nigga been asleep for like two hours give or take 
And so hey, I woke his ass up. He's crouchy, grumpy. What the fuck you mean the cops are outside? He sees the lights through his window off the side. He's like, oh, man. So he goes outside. He has to explain to the cops that the motherfucker lights is off. And I'm like, damn. And I never took a chance to like put myself in that situation and be like, damn, this motherfucking 30, 40-year-old man. Because it that, yeah, he's like at least oh damn yeah he was like in his late 30s damn near 40s has to explain his motherfuckers he's like yeah i got six kids <laughs> and no the lights ain't on bitch uh it was uh it, it would be mortifying to say the least if it was me like I, I i can't even like fathom what it would be like to have like six motherfuckers that you got to be responsible for and then you got like a public servant <laughs> like hey they're unsupervised but it wasn't like we were out in the street or we wasn't off our property once it was confirmed that we were there they were just like yeah you kids should go inside and uh we were like shit I, personally i was almost like hey you gonna take me with you bitch you just kind of made me snitch on myself about this whole situation i'm supposed to be in bed or at least not talking to the cops that was supposed to be the whole the whole thing you know i can stay up do what i want to as long as i have responsibility you know that was the that was the fucking agreement you, you you're fucking up the agreement now because this doesn't seem very responsible i've had a six to seven year old climbing up shit on top of roofs anything could have happened i wasn't thinking very i wasn't thinking very clearly at 13 excuse me so the officer leaves and shit i'm like all right bye officer and i've been saying goodbye to the the upper layer of the skin on my ass because i know my father's about to fucking lessen my ass by like three or four inches with a belt it's gonna be terrifying it's gonna be awful but surprisingly we didn't get our ass whipped i guess he was just like it's hot it's cool. Uh, we didn't get our ass whooped that night. Let me correct myself. That night, he was just like, get y'all asses in the house and go to fuck to sleep. So we just <laughs> eased on in the room. And like this time, we were all like, yeah, we should definitely go to bed. So we all went to fuck to sleep. That next morning, he woke all of us up, fucking us up, just fucking us up. And uh, yeah, that's how that's how I dealt with it as a child, right? I would just try to find something to distract myself, try to, to, to put on the best... Uh, the best face I could and make my environment right uh, more and more palatable for me at the time. I didn't want to be sad and fucked up because like, Oh no, you know, damn, I'm, I'm really poor and the lights are off and shit like that. Cause I didn't understand what the fuck that meant. Like at the time it's like, if the lights were off, that meant, you know, shit, you didn't pay anything and you, you're broke and now they're going to come take your house and all sorts of shit. And I, I didn't want to go down that route. My brain typically does not go down that route. Like, I'll get depressed and shit like that. But typically, even in my depression, you'll see me smiling, laughing, joking and shit because that's just my natural reaction. And so when I woke up, and my girl's crying and shit, talking about the fucking lights are off and stuff. And I'm like, fuck, I got to do something inside and internally. But on the outside, I'm like, hey, baby, it's going to be OK. We can call these motherfuckers, get that shit back on, put on the white voice and, and holler at these hoes. Be like, hey, you know, shit, I can't pay, blah, blah, blah. Whoop de woo, COVID. Uh, what you going to do? What can I do? And they're like, hey, we're going to separate it down and defer payments. Uh, but in the generation of social anxiety, man, I realized like in speaking to not only my girl or, or shit, other people's not just other people's girls, but other people's significant others. Social anxiety is a motherfucker because you don't want to call anybody like like I propose giving a call. And even now I, I see how people could feel nervous about like making phone calls and and talking about like heavy things, especially when, you know, hey, you you made an obligation and you can't honor that shit. It, it becomes a, a bit of a 
a, a, a point of contention uh, when you think about having to reach out to somebody in a professional manner, right? Because you never know. You, you don't want to be responsible for fucking something up, right? Or or that person's shitty day. There's so many different factors that come into being scared of that shit. But me personally, man, I just get on the phone and lie. <laughs> I just get on the phone and lie my ass off. I'm not not necessarily about all my situations, but I'll be like, yeah, you know, I had a great day. You know, I've got a great Dane. You know, I had a great day with a great Dane. Let me explain. My my bills are fucking late, but I, I it's going to be great because I, I, I'm going to do a figure eight. That means infinity on this motherfucking vicinity. <laughs> That's a little freestyle. Fuck that. I'm just bullshit. But, you know, I get on the phone and I tell these motherfuckers what I need to say. I've been working in I worked in call centers for years. So I was privy to what one side had to do. I was like, hey, look, I know you've got a script that basically tells me I'm fucked until I say the right thing. Like, as long as I give you the right information or tell you the right thing, you're going to give me what I need because your company makes trillions and billions of dollars. Motherfucker, and my little panty ass fucking hundred hundred dollar light bill is not actually a drop in a bucket for your company. So in any case, you bitches don't mind me being super duper late. Right. You just want me to call you and tell you, hey, you know, I'm fucking late. I'm, I'm I, whatever. Fuck it. I'm sorry. And they're going to tell you, hey, we're going to split your shit up if you're lucky. I just want to say, you know, if you do find yourself in these types of situations where, you know, you're stuck out and you can't figure out what the fuck you're going to do. Do not be afraid to reach out to these motherfuckers and let these bitches know, hey, look, I'm having a problem right now. I've got issues. You know, I, I started watching old movies and shit like that. And motherfuckers be three months, like six months behind on rent and bills and shit like that. I was like, how are they not getting evicted? I'll tell you because they open their mouths and they tell people what's going on and what's going like what's wrong in their lives. So and, and currently, you know, I'm doing OK. We're trying to, you know, bounce back. We've had a little bit of a, like a couple of stumbles here or there as far as like financial shit goes. Not enough to try to derail this whole podcast situation because I love you guys. I'm still here here i'm still in it but i wanted you guys I, I just wanted to share that shit with you yeah i'm not asking for money i'm not begging for anything like that and i'm not consistent enough at this point to even be like hey if i know that all like 30 of you guys follow me and all 20 of you guys listen to the podcast so if everybody just lends two dollars right <laughs> like then i will have Forty dollars, and I need that. I need that right now. I'm kidding. I don't need forty bucks, but I, I just don't want to be on here begging. Which I want, right, to provide you guys with a service—not necessarily a service—provide you guys with entertainment, an opportunity to listen in to like new shit that's happening in the world and the media and culture. Opportunities to like stimulate your brains and your minds so that you think about like different shit that's happening or what's going on in your own life. I just want to be in your in, in your eardrums, you know. I want to be, you know, the guy that you go to when you want to like chillax or if you need like some for a distraction. Like that's that's where I'm at with this, and I do this because I I love it. Uh, but I, damn, sometimes like just like anything else, I find myself like looking at the motherfucking mic, and I told you guys before looking at the mic, going, God damn. 
I don't really want to do this. But this morning, after fucking waking up with the lights off, dead ass, I was like, hey, look, never again will I look at this. I mean, I'll look at the mic, obviously, but never again will I look at my position as a like a podcaster, as a media person and think of it as something that I have to do. Uh, it's something that I get to do and that one day, hopefully I'll be blessed enough to get paid for so that situations like this don't ever have to happen because I know I was supposed to be worried about how I was going to get the shit back on. But the first thought that came through my brain is like, fuck, I'm not going to be able to record the podcast. I should have did this shit Monday. <laughs> it's Tuesday, y'all. I should have been. I, I was like, shit, I should have did this shit Monday. I would have had a perfect, like, clean slate, easy peasy. I would have been ready. I've been kind of mad that I wouldn't have been able to edit as much today. But then, like, since I waited until <laughs> Tuesday, I look back and I'm like, fuck. I'm not going to be able to get this thing out. And I have resolved myself to try to put out a pod every fucking week, put out a podcast every week, play a game and record it like at least twice a week, uh, at least twice a week. That does not mean I'm not promising fucking uh, that I'm going to drop two times a week as far as like gameplay and shit like that. But we're working towards something like that, a real schedule, straight up consistency for you people. Uh, speaking of videos and, and to kind of move away from uh, this morning situation here, I want to celebrate and shout out to my motherfucking self. I'm kidding. I don't want to shout myself out too much, but we now have a full gameplay video video on youtube it's uh me playing amnesia you can check me out there uh i had a blast doing it it was fucking terrifying uh i'm so excited now for this new chapter because this is the first time i've successfully gotten a full recording of any gameplay and so i'm hoping that you guys are enjoying that hope that you guys are checking it out as much as you can uh every like every comment helps subscribe to the page all that good shit that you do on YouTube. It's just literally go to the YouTube search bar, type in the well-spoken token, and you will find me there. You can go and just click. You can subscribe, hit the bell notifications, all that shit that people tell you to do. Uh, I'm going to get better at that. I swear. <laughs> like, I promise I'm not going to be like, sound so dejected every time I try to ask you guys for something. But I guess that's just me. I don't want to fucking be asking for charity, which I know that most of you guys aren't listening for some kind of like charity or some pity thing. That's some insecure bullshit on my part. I'm going to get that energy up out of here. Get the fuck out of here, negative energy. We on new vibes today. Uh, shout out to my neighbors, though, uh, for fucking helping me out during the little fucking uh, electricity situation. They actually let me daisy chain the motherfucking extension cord from they spot to my spot so I could run a fan, plug my fucking Wi-Fi router in and, you know, at least get a TV and some coffee, you know, get my TV plugged in and the Keurig plugged. So we were able to kind of like get around for the few hours that we didn't have power and shit. So shout out to them. Uh, you should always try to like keep a copacetic uh, vibe with the people that live around you. Yo, if you got upstairs, downstairs neighbors, if you got niggas that live next door and they're like close proximity, your life experience, your general quality of life will vastly improve if you are on a good like basis with them, motherfuckers, because that ass, I would have just been sitting in here sweating my ass off had I not just reached out to them. So much love to them uh, getting into some of the dope shit that's happened in the last few weeks. Uh, first thing I want to touch on is, well, 
something that's pretty near and dear to my heart and kind of like a rough subject for some people. See, uh, to preface this, guys, uh, I've explained before, I'm an avid manga reader. So I'm just I get tired of waiting on anime studios to get the animation stuff and to catch up with the manga. I'm too impatient. So I jump right in. So when it came to the Naruto spinoff Boruto about his children and things, I've been reading the manga pretty heavily. Right. And so I explained before that it's it's, it's well ahead of the the anime itself. So I got to experience this tragic event a little bit before a lot of people who, who decide to exclusively watch the anime as it comes out because they like to see things animated, which I completely understand. Big ups to anybody that's willing to you know take that time out to wait and things and and not to say that there's anything wrong with reading the you know the monthly issues now because that shit only comes out once a month. Uh, it, it, it's just a different process of, of watching the fucking medium. But uh, spoiler alerts, by the way, guys, for new Boruto, I'm giving you plenty of opportunity and time because we're going to get into some pretty heavy shit but I, I just could not have this happen and not actually speak about it on the podcast uh see the boruto manga has no none of the filler so it's getting right into the fucking action and shit right so probably about a month two months ago because i think it was two issues ago uh we had a huge climactic fight between a new big bad or at least the big bad for that arc and naruto and sasuke now these motherfuckers naruto and sasuke they're pretty fucking powered up and uh you expect really them to just be able to ju just absolutely handle fucking body anybody in the normal universe but this nigga's not normal he's ancient and shit and from different dimensions has conquered multiple planets, right? So he's kicking their tag team asses, right? And all Boruto can do is sit there and watch his pops get his ass kicked, blah, 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 right? And so you, you watch all this shit happening. You're getting this new powers from this big bad guy. Uh, we'll go ahead and say his name. This motherfucker's name is Ishiki. He can shrink shit or, or, or fucking uh, grow it immediately. This nigga's got like Ant-Man powers, but at a distance and range. So you never know what the fuck he's got. Nigga could have a whole arsenal just hidden his goddamn eye dimension or some shit and so he's fucking naruto up and sasuke is getting his ass bodied right and uh, all of a sudden out of the blue right uh naruto gets like an inner inner vision from fucking karama karama is the nine-tailed fox demon spirit well chakras beast or whatever the fuck if you're into the lore if you're not into the lore this could be fucking mumbo jumbo to you but uh he has a, a spirit that lives inside of him that boosts his strength and once upon a time he had a very uh, iffy relationship with, but over the course of his entire series, Naruto and Naruto Shippuden, he grows to have a, a bond with this beast, right? So they become good friends. They know each other. They've, they've had to, you know, kind of go through each other's traumas together, uh, and, and resolve them uh, in Naruto's adulthood and as a, in, in, in his time as a father now. It's almost like Karama is like Boruto's fucking dope ass spirit uncle or some shit. So Karama gives naruto this this vision and he's like uh, he goes into his uh spirit realm and he, he starts talking to fucking karama and karama says i've got a way that we can probably win this it'll be a, a war of attrition situation but it's like an all or nothing type of move and so 
first of all, we've known Naruto for 14, 15 years now. And like, he's had this Spock spirit in him the the entire time. And we've seen transformations and modes and shit. Uh, just like we've seen transformations based on the number of tails, you know, all the way up to nine. We've seen transformations where he gets a full cloak after he's mastered it and he gets an upgraded form of that. I mean, this motherfucker has got just about as many transformations as a fucking saying. Okay. This nigga's got modes out the ass, but here comes Karama saying that we've got a whole new move and it's all or nothing. And one of them is going to die. Now, Naruto, like the real true beast he is, you know, he's the fucking Hokage at this point. He's achieved his dreams. He's, he's fucking solidified his Nindo, his ninja way. So he is completely ready to lay his life on the line. Now I know I'm giving you a whole fucking, breakdown of the of the chapter but I, I just have to give you all the points here because uh at this point as a as a fan like as i'm reading uh this this chapter i'm like oh shit this is gonna get real crazy what, what's next what more can they do with this mode and so karama says this is baryon mode right it's a b-a-r-y-o-n baryon mode and uh he fucking transforms right there and it's fucking incredible they give him the full like fox ears and shit this nigga is like all of these markings that, that come along with the transformations have have morphed now and the, like these solid lines and it all like is nestled within the lore of Naruto. So you can kind of see like all the different seals and dope shit that's going on. He's got all the tails. It's like a super upgraded form. And as he kind of begins to start this fight with this nigga, who's been kicking his ass and Sasuke's ass, who are they're, they're, again, they're supposed to be the baddest niggas around, but this guy's been toying with them, beating their asses. Cause he's an Otsutsuki, which ancient evil dope, big bad dude. So this nigga is moving so fast that Ishiki can't keep up. He is demolishing this dude. He's pulling out combos. Like, and, and this is, a, mind you, I'm reading the manga at the time. And uh, so you can just see in the panels and there's homages like with still images. And so he's pulling out combos from when he was fucking young. I'm talking about the Uzumaki barrage. It, it, I mean, this motherfucker is really out here pulling out all the stops, really giving him, giving this nigga the work. But the whole point of the mode was, right, is that that the big bad, his whole issue, or excuse me, the, the MacGuffin that he's trying to go after, it's time sensitive because he is a dual souled individual, meaning he's got one soul inside of him and another spe- like spirit inside of him. And it's causing him to eat away at his lifespan. And the longer it takes for him to get the MacGuffin, the MacGuffin, by the way, just means like whatever important shit is supposed to go down or whatever important item or some shit that the writers used to give their their fucking consequences or their situation weight so he's getting close to the MacGuffin. time is eating away at his lifespan and so he started the fight with plenty of time he's going to kick ass and now that this baryon mode is activated uh he is he's being beaten down but he's not dead yet so we're not like it's not a situation where we know we know that you know, this is going to end super well for, you know, Naruto or Karama. This is literally just them trying to save time or so as the fight progresses and shit, uh, there's a moment where the big bad manages to get his hands 
onto Naruto, even in this new mode and shit. Now, the fight was already incredible. I was already hyped, but then suddenly he grabs onto Naruto and suddenly he's able to pull in the MacGuffin. Now, he's got like probably like two, three minutes left. I don't even remember. It's a very short amount of time before his lifespan's eaten away and he's gone forever. And it's like, oh shit. So he gets a hold of Naruto and he's able to transport the MacGuffin that he's been trying to get a hold of directly to him. And the MacGuffin in this situation is another character added into the Boruto universe, kind of uh, Boruto's rival, Kawaki. And they have this whole game of cat and mouse where Kawaki, who has been in the Shinobi village for a while because he's now been placed under the tutelage of Naruto or excuse me, the the guardianship of Naruto because the strongest nigga in the village. We've got to keep the MacGuffin safe. So why don't you just chill over here and you bond with my family and my kids? And we all get to know this character over the course of some time. So we have some emotional connection. He's bonded with Naruto because both of them have been MacGuffins in their time, you know, Naruto was a spirit energy. <laughs> spirit was supposed to be sucked out of him and, and uh, sucked out of him, uh, Karama. And he was supposed to be sacrificed and all that shit. But then he managed to, you know, defy destiny and make his own fate and all that shit. So this is what we're hoping for with this new character, Kawaki. Uh, and so now this kid is playing cat and mouse with this like incredibly strong, big, bad being and shit. And he, he's fucking pulling out all these really cool stops. And it's big homages to the original series uh and and in the biggest twist that i think i was i wasn't ready for at all he uses naruto's signature jutsu right to pull off the biggest bait and switch uh, ever. Uh, he, he manages to run this two or three minutes that the big bad guy has down. And right at the end, when the big bad guy, been, when the big bad Ishiki thinks he's won, right? He grabs a hold of Kawaki. He's like, all right, cool. I'm going to absorb you. It's, it's perfectly fine. I'm going to switch my consciousness into your new body host shit. Uh, you know, anime villain shit. Right as he gets a hold of him, it turns out that the motherfucking body that he's got a hold of is not actually Kawaki's real body. It is a shadow clone. And if you niggas know Naruto, that's his favorite fucking, that, that's his signature jutsu, shadow clone jutsu, the ability to fucking copy yourself exactly uh, and, and place your actual real body in a different area. And with that fucking shadow clone jutsu, he's able to distract the villain long enough for the time to run out. And so your hype, I'm hype as this shit's happening, all of a sudden, you have to deal with the consequences of this huge power boost that Naruto has taken. And we're all again, extremely happy. We've got uh, so much shit, uh, so much, so many feelings, right? Build up in this moment because suddenly all these teachings and all this bonding is ha having fruit and shit and everything's coming to coming up from the ground. Like, Oh my God, I feel so amazing for these characters and shit. And then you have to deal with the consequences of the new mode. And so Karama pulls Naruto back into this vision world and shit and uh, starts to like kind of give him opportunity to have this big bro talk moment. He's like, yo, you know, you've got anything you want to say, you better say it now. And I mean, paraphrasing, of course, but 
he, he gives Naruto the, the look. He's like, yo, you know, you know, these might be the last words we ever speak to each other. So, you know, Naruto thinking that he's going to be the one to die, you know, kind of gives him, you know, the full dump of his feelings. You know, it's like, yo, once upon a time, I hated you and you did kill my mom and dad because it's weird, you know, way back in the past when the nigga was a baby before he was sealed inside of him, you know, had his mom and dad, he killed his mom and dad. So it was pretty fucking bad. And uh, they, they had a very bad relationship. And it's this beautiful moment. And then instead of Naruto dying, which, again, would have been insane. I didn't know how they were going to continue because, again, Boruto was not doing as well as a lot of people really had hoped in terms of uh, reception. And so killing off Naruto, which would have been a bold choice and pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I, I really feel like that would have been an opportunity for some crazy character development. But what what this motherfucker went for instead is going after our fucking heartstrings because guys and again spoiler alert i've been here but instead of naruto passing karama dies right now this is me reading the manga two three months ago this is well before it's been animated or anything like that and i just fucking i feel myself tearing up as i'm reading the pages and shit and i'm like oh my god like fucking karama's gone we've we've had him for 14 years he's been with naruto he's been with us we've had mixed feelings about this character over the time of, of learning about this person and and getting into what the fuck a, a, a tailed beast is and shit now he's gone and like i'm getting choked up now just thinking about it because he became such a, an interesting mentor for naruto the character like it, it kind of personified the inner demons of a person right I, uh, and i think that's a big part of adoles adolescence especially for young males or just for anybody i guess like especially for anybody going through the tween ages like anybody hitting puberty let me not be too fucking like sexist and say this is just a male experience but a lot of people out there in the world especially during puberty feel like there's like a warring inside their body like there's like these things that your instincts are telling you to do and then there's the things that you're in your your civil brain or your your common sense quotation marks or whatever the fuck you want to call it is telling you and these conflicting feelings inside of you these these differing paths like uh, cause a, a, a problem cause chaos and to watch a character and grow with a character over 14 years and watch him battle these inner demons and consistently and constantly push past with a a positive attitude and just like, I'm not going to stop. I'm going to work harder than anybody around and I'm going to become and I'm, I'm, I'm going to become the thing that I envision in my brain so that you all will, res will respect me. And that shit resonated with like a great deal of people. That's why Naruto did so fucking well as a manga, as an anime, as a series. It was iconic. So in this moment, right, we're losing someone that honestly, I don't think anybody in the series thought we were going to lose. You know, technically the 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 tail beast, the spirits are supposed to like pass on and move along as uh, people pass, as their as their owners and hosts pass. So some of us might have been hoping that like maybe fucking Boruto one day would have not until it's sealed inside of him, because obviously Naruto can't live forever and shit. Even the Sage of Six Pass, the nigga that originated all this shit as far as like the Lord stuff goes before blah, blah, blah is it gets real complicated and fucking weeby. Let's not get too deep into that. Even the big, you know, eat good guy in the series. He, it, you know, got old and passed. So we expected this to happen with Naruto and maybe Karama would pass on, but that is not the case. I mean, 
completely died. And we had to, I had to deal with that and realize that, oh shit, I can't just get online and immediately talk about this because I got niggas that have not, that, that are read, that are watching the anime, that are slogging through this filler shit to try to get to where I am now. So I was like, let me hold it. Let me hold it. And then finally, finally, within like the last two, three weeks, I believe uh, the the episode drops, the, the anime catches up and I get to the chance to see the whole fight animated. So Baryon mode, full fucking colored, animated, f- fucking fleshed out, beautiful shit. They they ramped up the animation budget for the, the fight itself so damn much. It's like you're almost watching an entirely different anime because it's just like, oh, shit, they really did kick out the budget for these motherfuckers i was so excited there's some sloppy portions here or there but overall i give that fucking animation of that fight 10 out of 10 seeing the uzumaki barrage like played out again getting a chance to just watch this nigga set this motherfucker up after he's been beating the shit out of him like honest like straight up at one point during the fucking fight like this big bad evil dude breaks boruto's spine and like this nigga lets out a blood curdling scream and you can't get that when it comes to like a manga page, like you can see it and it's visceral and it's incredible and it's still image form. But when you see that shit played out in front of you, full motion colored and stuff, and you hear an actor that's been like working on this, got a director that's just in his face, like give it your motherfucking all. Yeah. This nigga just grabbed you and then broke your fucking spine. What do you got? Where, where is it at? Like, where's your immense pain? And then they just reach deep in their fucking gut and they just let out this like guttural. Oh my, my God, pain shit. Like you can hear like the bones cracking in their screams. It's a whole different experience. And it, 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 when I watched it, finally, I was just, I had so much more appreciation for the artist that did the, the manga. So immediately after the fight, I realized that there's a whole nother part of this animation situation. I'm going to have to watch Karama die all over again. And I can finally share these sad ass feelings with the rest of my weeb community and shit like that. Because now we all know Karama's dead. (laughs) And well, if you're caught up and stuff, uh, we all have to feel this shit. And uh, I I wanted to give us all a chance to mourn this nigga on the podcast. You know, I'm going to give this nigga like a solid, you know, four seconds of silence. Because if I stay silent longer than that, I don't think anybody will keep listening. So here's four seconds of silence for my man Karama. Uh, Big ups to you up in anime heaven. You know, you can chill up there with uh, fucking Kami. Because that nigga lives inside Piccolo, but his consciousness, I would guarantee, is in heaven. Uh, PyCon, because that nigga never gets resurrected. They just never decide. Nobody collects the Dragon Balls of the, the fucking West universe. <laughs> poor West Kai and his non-Dragon Ball having ass universe. Because poor PyCon is stuck up there. Who else is in anime heaven? It's never Maze Hughes. Rest in peace, Maze Hughes. You ain't never coming back. I'm sorry. It's sad that you went, man. That sucks. Rest in peace, Kamina. Rest in peace, bro, from motherfucking Akami Get Kill with the fucking hair. You were dope. I miss you. Uh, you know, just, you know, shout out to all the niggas in anime heaven. Y'all welcome Mr. Karama. Save his ass a big ass seat. Get that man a, a, a long, long fucking saucer for his sake and let him drink his fucking fill. He can hang out with like Goldie Roger and shit. Uh, all these niggas that are never coming back. <laughs> uh, so moving on from the dope ass shit that happened in Boruto. Oh yeah, no, I actually have to give this nigga a silence. Hold on. Okay, that's enough silence for Karama. We got that done. Uh, so guys, 
I'm so excited for the future badassery of Boruto. I think that I, and I'll have to make a prediction. You know, kick me ass if kick my ass if I'm wrong. Uh, I think that there will be a time skip in the very near future in the manga uh, to give probably some time for the anime to catch up because there's even more stuff coming up. I can't believe that they're still ramping up at this point, especially as slow as Boruto has been in the past. But I feel like there's going to be a, a time skip and it's going to lead up to like Boruto Shippuden. I don't know what they're going to call it. I'm just codenaming it Boruto Shippuden because that was the name of uh, kind of the extension name of Naruto when it got its time skip and kind of jumped the characters forward a bit. Uh, because, you know, when Boruto starts, it's actually kind of in the future over a devastated Konoha uh, and you see Boruto as an older self and this new character, the MacGuffin as I've called in the past, Kawaki and they're much older and speaking of some very ominous and dark sounding shit. So hopefully the anime keeps this pacing because there's never been more of an interest in Boruto uh, than these last few arcs or these last few episodes that have been coming out here. There's been a lot of uh, kind of jabber in the streets about how bad it has been. Even RDC, RDC World, who are avid Naruto fans, have given motherfucking Boruto the business quite a bit. Like in the anime house series, he's always kind of a pretentious little snob. And I think that's something that people have to kind of remember about Naruto way back when in the first series is that he was a bit of a brat. I mean, though he was positive and though he was always like go hard and shit like that, he was annoying. His, his attention seeking ways got in the way of a lot of missions and it became a very difficult thing to just love the fuck out of Naruto. A lot of people were in it for all the other cast and characters. You can't lie to me and say that, you know, Kakashi wasn't over Naruto for a lot of people or that Neji, who's a well, much more, fletched out character, especially back then, uh, was not like a, more of a, a focal point or a bigger character popularity was than fucking bratty ass Naruto. Like Neji's got real shit to deal with. Like his whole family has like a whole like class system and shit. Like this nigga's got like casts and stuff he's got to deal with. This motherfucker could get fucking erased just automatically whole eyes liquefied and bullshit. Like Naruto's just like, I've got a demon fox inside to me and i get free room and board it sucks but you know uh so i mean everybody's got their own shit going on so you know give give boruto a chance y'all you know he's, he's a little brat now but he's gonna grow he's gonna get stronger uh he'll probably take after sasuke and be kind of a fucking aloof ass prick after a bit you know because he's got a, a, a now he's got an evil being sealed inside of him and that's going to come uh as as a bit later uh i don't want to give any super spoilers because i don't remember if they've complete completed the aftermath of the battle that I was just telling about earlier between Ishiki and, you know, he's dead now, but there's even more stuff that's supposed to be coming up on that. Um, so enough about Boruto and shit, a uh, new other cool shit that happened. Uh, DC fandom was just this past week and there was some heat dropped that whole fucking convention uh it, the panels are awesome we saw so many trailers just to name a few uh we got black adam we got a black adam trailer even some like snippets dwayne the rock johnson kind of hosted a, a big virtual event where he uh kind of broke down uh you know his opening scenes and shit and kind of how hard they've been working and how much he personally is invested 
in that shit, which I think always bodes well for a superhero movie. Whenever you have the lead or you know the, the titular character so deep and heavily invested in the character he's bringing to screen, you really can't go wrong with that film. So I'm really hoping that it's going to be awesome. There's a lot of cool characters that are being introduced into the DC uh, universe in this movie. Pierce Brosnan is Dr. Fate, which Dr. Fate, if you guys are uh, you know Marvel fans, is the equivalent to the Sorcerer Supreme Doctor Strange in Marvel, only it's very like uh, mystic Egyptian style shit rather than like the Tibetan like monk style stuff that was very like pushed in uh, the Marvel universe. So we got that guy who's who's you know famous for the Bond movies. I don't know if you guys remember. I think like Never Die Tomorrow. The ones with Halle Berry in them. <laughs> if you're a fan of Halle Berry, you'll remember those. Never Die Tomorrow. Some shit. Uh, they had the Xbox games. We're also introducing Hawkman. I wish I could remember the name of his the actor that's playing him. He was fantastic in uh, Hidden Figures. He was the uh, he was the guy that ended up with Taraji P Henson. If you don't uh, recall that, or if you if you watch that movie, that's that nigga. And then we also have. Adam Smasher being introduced to as a character from the Justice Society of America from way back in the golden age of comics. So he's getting introduced and shit. I can't necessarily name every single new character, but there's a lot. And if you get a chance, check that shit out on YouTube and uh, see all the different characters they're introducing. They're getting a Peacemaker series, which uh, Peacemaker is the character that John Cena plays in the the Suicide Squad, the newer one, uh, the guy with the weird ass helmet. He's getting his own series. It's supposed to be pretty fucking hilarious. Uh, there's a new Suicide Squad game that's coming out. Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which I think is going to touch a bit on some of the Injustice comic book lore. Because uh, uh, the Injustice games were so good that they kind of spawned their own comic book series to continue to deal with the universe. Uh, that 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 kind of game spiraled into. You've got like you know evil Superman. Well, not necessarily evil. You got dictator Superman, who's all about like order and shit. No more Mister Nice Guy type stuff. You got a sort of civil war amongst all the different heroes. It's a big split between the factions of people that support Superman's dictator rule and people that are obviously rebelling and feel like people still need free will and there shouldn't be some overwhelming force that makes people do things according to some grand design or some shit. And obviously, you know, Batman's heading up that clan and crew. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Speaking of Batman, I can't get away from the dude. He's in everything, continuously uh, bringing up some dope shit. Uh, Toonami has been airing a lot of the uh, the new Batman uh, movies, a lot of the animated films. Uh, shout outs to Cells and Circuits on Instagram. His a podcast we've done some collabs with in the past. Really dope guy. He gave me some information. Uh, I got to see him post about uh, Toonami running all the Batman animated films. Uh, he They did Under the Red Hood and another one. Uh, just recently. And I'm, I'm a huge fan of Under the Red Hood. And in that mini little conversation that we had in the comment section, he let me know that the Long Halloween series, which uh, if you guys hadn't seen, is on HBO Max and also aired on Toonami, I think, uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, there's a part one on part two. But Jensen Ackles uh, if you might know him from Supernatural fame, he plays Dean there and also is uh, in an upcoming series of The Boys 
uh, excuse me, the upcoming season of The Boys as a, a guy named Soldier Boy, which if you kind of looked into the comics is going to be pretty interesting to see Jensen Ackles in this role. But even cooler, he is getting a chance to voice act uh, as Batman. He has already worked within the Bat family before. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, Batman Under the Red Hood is one of my favorites, and he happens to play uh, the Red Hood himself, Jason Todd, in that. And his performance was so incredible. I actually took one of his monologues, just from the, the strength of his d delivery, took one of his monologues and performed it in my voice and diction class when I was still in college and shit. Uh, and I did pretty well. It was a pretty good little piece. I mean, my grade wasn't that great because I was reading it, but the piece itself got a lot of love. They were like, yo, where's that from? It's like, oh yeah, it's like from, from Batman, the animated film. Uh, that's the kind of fucking silly shit I was trying to do in college. But I'm, I'm super excited to see what he brings to the table as Batman. And uh, speaking of uh, someone else that's getting a chance to play Batman, uh, Robert Pattinson Batman's trailer dropped today. The Batman, uh, well, not today, but it dropped during the fandom. Uh, and that shit was pretty damn good. It, it reminded me a lot. It gave me a lot of Batman Begins vibes. You know, the guy, the, the, the first Christopher Nolan Batman that he produced for uh, Warner Brothers. It's definitely an origin, but an origin story, but it's, I think it's closer to year one, which was a, a really great Batman graphic novel. If you haven't read it, it's a great place to start. Uh, it's all about, uh, you know, Bruce, Bruce Wayne starting his career as Batman, uh, learning what's going to, what's, what it's going to take to instill fear into the criminals of Gotham who have been allowed to kind of run wild, uh, with the, the corrupt police system that they had in place before Commissioner Gordon was able to kind of root out a lot of that corruption with Batman's help. You also get to see Zoe Kravitz play Catwoman. She's just as sexy as she always is, but even more important. Importantly, so she is such a, uh, and I don't mean this in a, in a shitty way, but she's such a smart, and when I say smart, like just calculating and just like sultry, it's just this vision of a woman uh, playing this very interesting character. And just from the, the, the few spots that you see of her in the trailer, I can already tell she's going to be one of my favorite characters to watch on the screen. I've always enjoyed Selena Kyle. Uh, some actors have done it better. Some directors and writers have done it better. Uh, but this time I'm really hoping that uh, this, this Batman gets a lot of love, gets a lot of play and that Robert Pattinson gets a chance to continue to work. He's spoken during the process of making this about not necessarily wanting or, or never working with the director of this film again. Uh, they've had their outs, uh, ups and downs and shit as the fucking articles and shit have said. Uh, but here's hoping that it does so well that this man gets to continue to put his spin on the Batman because getting a chance to see Edward Cullen. And I know he gets a lot of flack for that. And I'm just kind of fishing for jokes, you know, fuck it. I just be out here. Uh, but seeing Edward Cullen out here kicking major criminal ass because people sleep on Robert Pattinson. He's got a, a really good uh, filmography, uh, a, a really dope ass body of work. If you haven't seen Water for Elephants, it's tragic. It's touching. It's like the notebook meets the greatest showman minus all the fucking singing. 
It's as beautiful story as any, and it's definitely worth the watch. Uh, also, he's great in fucking Tenet. I can't rule him out of that because opposite John David Washington holding your fucking own, that's a pretty big co- accomplishment because John David Washington, if you don't know, that's Denzel Washington's son. That nigga comes from acting royalty, so he, he obviously he's really good. I mean, Black KK Klansman, great movie. Not talking about him, which still discussing Robert Pattinson and his awesomeness and how I cannot wait to hopefully see more of him as the Batman when that shit officially drops. Uh, I gave the release date. I think it's going to be March 4th, 2022. So you guys be marking that shit on your calendars. If you're a big ass Batman fan, it's going to be motherfucking dope. Well, guys, I think that's about all I've got here in the pod for you guys today. I appreciate each and every one of you. We've got more music coming up for you guys. We're still giving shout outs to all these local artists here. Up next, I've got a guy here I've known for a good hot minute. We've done collaboration podcasts with my man. I'm talking about this dude, Mangoline. He's got a track out here I, I was pretty interested in. It's something that just dropped here on September 7th, and you can check him out on SoundCloud under Mangoline. And you can also check him out on Instagram under mango lean drip here is need to know rivers filling up with the tears that we shed in rain pouring down it's the tears from the angels in the heavens weather in texas beautiful sky still see rain beautiful smile still feel pain everything gonna be okay one day Everything gonna be okay one day Once again, that was Mango Lean, and that was Need to Know. That's N-E-E-D-A, No, uh, produced by IOF. Uh, I just wanted everybody to know this shit's going to be okay. I really, uh, I was vibing with that song earlier today, especially with everything that happened this morning. So I thought I would definitely shout that out on the podcast, give my man his flowers. So again, go check out Mango Lean on SoundCloud. You can catch him on uh, Instagram. He's a fucking dope ass dude. This is again, the well-spoken token. I love each and every one of you guys. You guys are my family and I'm signing off.